Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe. A lot has happened since our last podcast, so Nick and I are here to make sure you're all caught up on the latest from the team. But be sure to stick around after that because we're joined by a very special guest. I'll give you a hint. He's six foot ten and has only been in OKC for four days. Still don't know? Come find out in today's Thunder Basketball Universe. Well, a lot has happened for the Thunder since the last time we did a podcast, but have no fear. Nick and I are here to keep you up to date on everything that happened. Nick, let's start with the first thing that happened, and that was a trade right at the trade deadline. Yeah, the Thunder was involved in a three-team trade, sent George Hill to Philadelphia, got Austin Rivers, Tony Bradley, and two second-round picks in 2025 and 2026 back. The Thunder and Rivers parted ways. Tony Bradley joined the Thunder and actually played in the game against the Dallas Mavericks on Monday. So he got thrown right into the fire. And Paris, the big thing on this trade, though, were the two second round picks as well. They're pushed out as far into the future. And as we saw at the trade deadline, those second round picks can be gold in terms of bringing in a veteran to your team. And as this Thunder group continues to grow and mature, those picks, you never know when they're going to fall early in the second round. We saw what the Thunder can do with a pick like that. And they got Teo Maladon in this year's draft at pick 34. And you never know where they might fall in the future. And so we will just see how this trade ends up paying dividends down the line. But one big thing for sure, Paris, it's going to allow Teo, Ty Jerome at point guard to get as many minutes as they can eat. We are starting to see them grow and develop right before our eyes with the minutes that they're getting. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. But another little piece of news that happened since the last time that we spoke was the Thunder announcing that Al Horford would be inactive for the remainder of the season. Yeah, that's really another opportunity play for this Thunder team. Both Al Horford and the Thunder mutually agreed that it would just be best for him to sit the remaining games, but he's going to stay around the team and continue supporting young guys like Tony Bradley, like Moses Brown, like Isaiah Roby, all of whom are going to get tons of minutes kind of at that center spot, power forward spot in Roby's case. And Al is going to be there every step of the way, continuing to work out at the Thunder's facility and find ways to just continue to help those guys. But really, this is an opportunity for Al to continue to just stay sharp, but um, avoid injury and, and make sure that he's primed for kind of the next stage of his career since he and the Thunder are on a bit of different tracks right now. And for OKC, it's about prioritizing minutes, playing time and opportunity for these young guys. Well, we're seeing the fruits of that prioritization play off already, Nick, because it was also announced by the Thunder that Moses Brown, the Thunder's seven foot two, two way center, was converted to a full time contract. So he is now a full time member of the Thunder roster. And it has been incredibly fun to watch him grow and develop in his game, especially since returning from that G League bubble. He has had some pretty monstrous games here in the NBA and gotten some pretty great experiences along the way. But speaking of big men. We talked about them right off the top of the podcast. The newest addition to the Thunder roster. We got the chance to get to know him a little bit better. He listened into our conversation with Tony Bradley. Well, these are the days that we look forward to the most as a podcast crew because we are joined by a very special guest and it's the newest member of the Thunder roster. It's Tony Bradley. Tony, first of all, welcome to Oklahoma City. We're so glad to have you and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Tony, welcome. Uh, quite the introduction you got. You, you, you get here about 36 hours later, you're out there on the floor. Yeah, things have been uh, pretty quick. The transition, just getting in, getting acclimated and playing. It's been great so far, though. 
one thing that that made me laugh last night mark dagnalt said after the game everything that tony did out there that was good that was all him anything he did out there that was bad that was on us as the coaches so tony when you watch the film is that what you saw too was that was that accurate no 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 everything i did it was on me it was on me i'll I'll say that um just overall playing last night it felt good being in the uniform seeing the different threads you know that's that's what's pretty cool um but just getting a chance to play and an opportunity to play i know it was a quick transition but uh i'm just excited to be here and i'm excited to to play continue to play and develop and get better yeah that's like every kid's dream is to get nba jersey get your new gear i mean is that still i mean even though you've been in the league for a few years is that still cool to you when you when you show up and you see all your new stuff yeah i think it's pretty cool the first thing you know i was looking forward to seeing is my jersey in the locker room uh seeing the back of it seeing my name and just seeing the color the colorways you know teams have different colors and it's just it's just cool to me you know uniform and things like that well, we got to ask what this, you know, last 36 hours has been like for you. And you do have somebody that you know on this team and Justin Jackson. Did that kind of help the transition a little bit as you try to start plugging in with this group? Yeah, for sure. Justin, that's my guy. Uh, college teammate, you know, national champ- champion, um, 2017. And uh, it's always good to see a familiar face, especially com- coming into a new team. So that always helped. Okay, we have to talk about this because you kind of glossed over it, but we weren't going to let you go without talking a little bit of UNC. You had one, you know, probably the coolest college experience ever. You come in your freshman year, win a national championship, and then go to the NBA draft. What was that season in UNC like for you? UNC was great. It, it went by so fast. I, I don't think I was even there a year. Like I, was, I think I was there for like seven or eight months. But it just flew by, and I had a bunch of fun. Played for Coach Williams, a legendary coach, college coach. It was just a great experience. I had no idea I was going to leave after that, that year, but uh, ended up working out. It was just great. It's a great experience. Tony, as you look back at what I imagine, I mean, you were a five-star high school recruit, McDonald's All-American. When you think about all the time that was probably spent getting recruited and, and then you're there for a year, I mean, is it is it funny to you a little bit? And, and maybe take me back to, to kind of what that's like to be recruited so heavily, so fiercely. Now that you think about it, it is kind of funny, you know, being recruited and leaving after the first year. But uh, a lot of players do it. And, you know, a lot of players' dreams is just to play in the league and play in the NBA. But um, me not knowing – of course, I wanted to have a dream of playing NBA. I didn't know I was going to leave that my first year. But being a highly, just, uh, I guess, being popular or being heavily recruited in high school, it's always good. It's, it's always good to have options when it comes to the next level of playing and getting ed- education still. And that's something else I'm also working on, too, is um, trying to get my degree. It's taking some time. It's really slow because, you know, online, you can't really get a lot done. But just the overall experience of college, being there freshman year, I know it wasn't, I wasn't there for long, but it was just great. What are you working to get your degree in? Well, right now I'm just, it's really slow. I'm still in the first stage of that. I gotta get past that. It's really slow because online, like I only do like two at a time. Mm-hmm. I'm slowly progressing. That's awesome. Well, I do want to ask you what it was like for you just leading up to being highly recruited. You grew up in Florida, Gatorade Player of the Year, but take take us before that. What were kind of, where? how did you get into playing basketball? What were some of your influences growing up in Florida and what led you to want to really pursue basketball? Uh, let's start off with my parents. I, I uh, My dad especially, he, he pushed me, coached me. Um, and growing up, I played three or four sports, soccer, baseball, I mean, everything, soccer, baseball, football, and leading up to ninth grade, um, I feel like each part of each sport helped 
with another sport, if you know what I'm saying. So, like, soccer help with football, soccer help with basketball, you know, different things, hand-eye coordination, everything helped hand-in-hand. But to answer your question, when I got to – how I got to basketball, I started taking it seriously in ninth grade when I hit a growth spurt. My dad told me, make a decision. I said, okay, obviously I grew three or four inches that summer. I think I was like six, eight. I wasn't going to play football, so I just decided to stick with basketball and continue to work. So it just flew by. It's been great, though. You talk about your dad. He played basketball, too. Is, is that right? Did that help in kind of your decision a little bit? For sure, especially Carolina was my dream school. I always had my eyes on uh, going there when I was since a uh, young kid. So I got the, the scholarship offer, and probably a month or two later, I decided to commit. I always had my eye on that school, though. Well, you know, just looking at it from afar, Tony, it seems really impressive that you're from a, a pretty small town in Florida. You didn't go to one of these massive prep school, high schools. You, know, you stayed stayed in town and, and played there. How did you manufacture that opportunity? How did you balance playing with guys on your, your high school team, trying to make them better, um, and also being able to, to kind of do the best that you could to improve your own game? I think how I got on the national stage in high school was AAU. Like in the off season, like after high school, I played AU. But I had a chance to go to prep schools and stuff like that. But I felt like the program in my city was obviously, I think it was better. I think I had a chance to get more reps. I had a chance to just improve and develop more instead of going to a prep school where there's like three or four guys like me and I don't get as much reps. So I feel like that paid off me making that decision to stay at home and playing with the guys that I grew up with since kindergarten. You know, so uh, that was good. Just, I know this is jumping ahead a little bit, but your your talk about reps just makes me think about the NBA too. And I mean, talk about competitive, talk about the need to just get those opportunities and reps. What do you think about, you know, this, this chance here in OKC to have that? I, I think there's a wonderful opportunity to just continue to take to the next step when it comes to development on and off the court. That's what it's about, this organization. Uh, that's the first thing they told me coming in, you know, development, getting better in every aspect on and off the court. So I love it here. The last question for me, Tony, and it's it's very similar to that one, but what area of your game are you most excited about developing and growing as you continue in this opportunity with the Thunder? Well, I want to continue to work on things that I'm strong at, but also, like you, like you said, to answer your question, uh, develop on things that I, I think I can improve on, like, uh, mid-range shooting, three-point shooting. I feel like I can pop and shoot, but I think I can do those things in a process. So I'm not going to do it probably right away, but within the system and, and at a comfort level, that's how I feel like I can take it day by day to the next step. Yeah, you know, you seem to have this really great balance, something that everybody desires at this stage. You're still really young. You're 23, but you've had a lot of different experiences. You've played alongside guys like Joel Embiid. You've played alongside Rudy Gobert. You played in the playoffs. What are some of those experiences done for you, particularly the playoff one, and helping your career? I've had a lot of experiences seeing all-stars like Rudy. Now, coming from Philly, like Ben Simmons and Joel, I've learned a lot. Just picking up little things they do before or after practice, they're all-stars. So I'm trying to pick their brain and see what they do and try to implement that with me and, and grow. So I, I think I learned a lot since my rookie year being in this league and even playing in the G League some when I was with the Salt Lake City Stars with the Jazz. Just getting experience, watching. Watching is also a key to picking up things and learning as well. It's just getting reps. 
it seems like you just have such a, a great approach to your on-court work, the way that you see yourself, your development. One last thing for me, has Justin Jackson, you know, given you the, the, the download on where to get takeout from, you know, where, where in OKC you can find some good, good things to eat? What, what's going on with that? Uh, we haven't talked about that yet. We've talked about it a lot, but we haven't talked about food spots yet, which you gave me an idea. I might have to hit them up right after this. <laughs> <laughs> good deal. Good deal. Thanks, Tony. Thank Definitely you. a lot of good options to choose from. Tony, thank you so much for your time. We look forward to seeing how you take advantage of the opportunity ahead of you here with the Thunder. But thanks so much for joining us on our podcast today. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Well, Nick, I don't know about you, but it has been so incredibly fun to watch Moses Brown play since his return from the G League bubble. As we mentioned off the top, he was converted to a full-time contract, which is the third time in three years that this has happened for this Thunder organization. It's just a testament to Moses and, you know, his buying into this development and and the path that he's been put on here with the Thunder. But he has also made some just eye-popping plays and put up some incredible numbers along the way. Yeah, this is definitely that period where a young guy comes in and he really pops and shows what he's capable of. He's been an incredible rebounder. He's been a force running the floor, attacking second chances, finding ways to put the ball in the bucket. And usually he's doing that off of a rebound. And so we saw a 21.23 rebound performance against the Boston Celtics. That was uh, tied for the most rebounds in Thunder history. And in um, back-to-back games, Paris, Moses Brown had two of the four fastest double-doubles in OKC history. He got those rebounds and putbacks up very quickly in (laughs) back-to-back games in the first half. That's what's been most impressive. He doesn't need a full four quarters to get 10 and 10. He has gotten, I think it's three times now he's had a double double before halftime that's really impressive by Moses but one of the things that I I wanted to mention here and that stands out so much about him is that he he's still young and he's this is only his second year in the league this is the first time he's really getting this sort of extended playing time and he's going up against you know serious competition and serious elite centers in this league and coach Dagnall talked about this that you know when he comes out of the game He's got four or five guys in his ear, you know, talking to him and, you know, coaching him up and encouraging him. And he's just soaking all of that in. And we're seeing him start to, you know, put these pieces together throughout the game. And one thing that stands out, Nick, that Coach Dagnall talked about was on the defensive end in particular, you know, recognizing coverages and schemes as they change throughout the game. Like when Luke Cornette stepped into the game for the Boston Celtics, he knocked down a couple of big time three pointers. As we know, Luke Cornette is a, a big man who can shoot threes and up till that point Moses has really been dealing with kind of the the bruisers in the paint that like to you know back things down on the block and so having to go up against a guy like Luke Cornette or any other versatile kind of stretch the floor big man it's going to be a really good opportunity for him to continue learning and adding to his catalog yeah so we've seen some of those explosive performances he's had he's going to have some that are maybe not so explosive and so he's continuing to try to refine the, all the other parts of his game including recognition I mean guys at his position at this day and age in the NBA they're anchors for their teams they have to understand exactly what's happening as they come down the floor each trip they've got to know what the opposing team's trying to get into what they might be trying to get to randomly throughout the course of the possession and the personnel so a lot is on Moses Brown's plate we all should just be patient with him as he continues to learn and grow and figure these things out, Paris.
And Nick, one of the other things we have to point out is that he's just got an incredible motor about him. That's what's gotten him so far in this league already, why he's been converted to a two-way or from a two-way to a full-time contract. It's because he plays so hard and we see that he'll get a rebound on one end of the floor and still be down on the other end, beating the opposing center down the floor. It's just a testament to his energy and the motor which he plays with. And it's really going to serve him well as he continues to develop throughout this league. I I just love how simply he puts some of these things, Paris. He says, I just want to be involved and I want to keep my feet moving. And when you think of things on that granular of a level, like that makes it obvious to see exactly that's what he's doing out on the floor. He's keeping his feet moving. He's trying to keep himself involved in the game. And sometimes when you're seven foot two, that's the best thing you can do. You, are you okay? We're, we're going to talk Moses Brown quotes. We have to talk the best one. And he was asked whether he liked rebounding better or if he liked scoring better. And his answer, Gallo? I like winning. <laughs> 10 out of 10, Moses. Well done. Well, since this is the last podcast we'll have in the month of March, we could not leave without talking a little bit of March Madness. And we did that, of course, with Tony Bradley, which brings up an interesting factoid about this Thunder team. And that's that there is a large contingent of national championship holders on this roster, Gallo. Yeah, the most actually out of any NBA team in the league. Five on this team, Al Horford, back-to-back titles at Florida, Ty Jerome, defending champion until Monday at the University of Virginia, and then our guys Tony Bradley and Justin Jackson, both at UNC. We talked about that earlier in the pod. And then Darius Miller, he won a title with Kentucky in 2012. And Moses Brown, we have to mention him because his UCLA Bruins, as of right now, we are recording this on March 30th. They play tonight. We're recording this. It's like 1.32 p.m. right now. As of right now, they're the only team still dancing out of that list. So Moses will definitely be watching that one. Of course, my Belmont Bruins, shout out to Belmont for making history this season. The women got out of the first round, made it to the second round. And so always proud to be a Bruin and Of course, we love March Madness here. This is the most exciting time of year. No doubt about it. And very cool to see the Thunder players interact with each other on this front. Although we did hear from Justin Jackson, there hasn't been a whole lot of trash talk because most of their teams are out right now. (laughs) Yeah, it makes it a little different this season, huh? Well, before we talk to you next time, the Thunder will have played a few more games coming up next for them. They've got a game tomorrow against the Toronto Raptors at home. It'll close out their four-game homestand. It'll also be the first time that they face the Raptors so far this season. From there, they will head out west for a back-to-back, and it'll be their first back-to-back of April. They'll face Phoenix on Friday and then turn around and play the Trailblazers on Saturday. That is the first back-to-back of five during the month of April. A lot of action for this Thunder team coming up this month. But thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much to Tony Bradley for joining us on our podcast today and to our producer. And until next time, Thunder up and catch you later. Later.